to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wide in the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and today's episode is brought to you in the third dimension. Today we have Kevin Timmer, a 3D animator with some outstanding animations to go along some catchy and relatable tunes. It's nice to hear Kevin's story and how he got invested in this career, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. If you aren't already supporting him, check him out in the links down below. If you enjoy the podcast, you can show some love by subscribing and checking out the previous episodes with some outstanding guests beforehand. You can rep the podcast as well with some sleek styles in the merch shop in the description. Finally, if you want a place to chat about the podcast, you should join the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server, where you can chat about this podcast and other fun ones in the network. In fact... Let's hear about another marvelous podcast in the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Hey there, Robo fans and Dino fans. Do you like science fiction? Do you like movies about robots and dinosaurs? Do you like podcasts that explore sci-fi philosophy through a fun and positive lens? Then you are going to love Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Every week, your host, Louis G, invites a guest onto the show to talk about one of their favorite sci-fi movies. It's a Robocast. It's a Dinocast. It's a battle for ultimate awesomeness in science fiction pop culture. Subscribe to Robots vs. Dinosaurs on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Friday. Follow us on Instagram at RobosBDinos or Twitter at VsRobots. That is at VsRobots. Without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Well, I hear you. Hey! Hey, <laughs> there you go. How's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. That's do good. You, uh, do you need to see me for this thing or just with uh, my voice? Or? That's up to you. I just need at least the, the audio. If you want to include video, that's on you. I just do it on my end for posterity start editing and you know i'd like seeing myself (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair i mean either way like as long as i can hear you i am (laughs) a-okay awesome that and your little icon gives a good visual of you so i think we're good (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know my my icon has more hair than me right now so i might just stick with the icon I mean, fair enough. I'm surprised you haven't updated to the the one that you have for your Twitter profile and such. I know, I know. I really gotta yeah, add some consistency. Ah, you know what? It's your life. Live it how you want. <laughs> oh, there we go. I like your wall. Lots of cool uh, posters and stuff. Thank you. I try to more or less include it with. With the exception of like one or two pieces here and there, I try to include it with like stuff that previous guests I've had on the podcast have been involved with one way or another. Nice, nice, that's awesome. I've had a wide variety of guests that I'm very proud of, yourself included. Oh, <laughs> that means a lot, thank you. Absolutely, trust me, it, I'm going to be showering you with a good bit more praise, especially at the tail end of the podcast too, but still, like, you know, <laughs> I, I want to at least let you know that I'm not just bringing you on here just because, oh yeah, he's got a following, it's like, no, I, I truly admire your art and such, and I want to, like, know more about the artist <laughs> behind the art. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you for giving me your time more than anything else. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. I love I love talking with people about art and animation and stuff. I, I really enjoy it. So Is this your first time appearing on a podcast? No, I've okay. I've actually appeared on two others, I believe. Nice. Um Yeah, so I've got little experience. Little That's good. <laughs> That's that's better than a lot of my guests and such, but at the same time, like each I'm I'm sure you can attest to this, each podcast experience is, is different on their own, so Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, I've been trying to get my own name out there, like with this podcast and such. So I've been appearing on a bunch of other podcasts as well. The most recent one, I, I tested out my improv skills with this podcast called the <laughs> Jock Doc Podcast. It's like a fake, it's a fake like call in doctor show. It's like, you know, hey, I'm dealing with this medical issue and like, you know, like giving goofy scenarios. Of course, they make sure to explain at the beginning, this is just a parody. If you need to seek medical advice, go see legit medical advice. Right, right. Of course. I, <laughs> that sounds fun though. Uh, I'm sure the episode should be out by the time this episode comes out. I could be wrong, but I appeared on there as a literal starving artist as in i'm trying to get my name out there by spilling my guts to the world as in my art is through puke um <laughs> so like i went up there it's like so i went up there so my question doctor is is it okay to eat paint um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's great I, I hope it turned out great. I'm hoping other people love it if it does come out by the time this one comes out i'll be sure to link it and all that stuff but yeah <laughs> Awesome, awesome. All right, Kevin, before we really get going, I want to ask the icebreaker question I ask for every single podcast. What is your most unpopular art opinion? Oh, man. Okay. So, I, growing up, I loved the movie Chicken Little, and I know that everyone hates it. Everyone is always, like, speaking poorly of it. I liked it. I related to him. I was, I'm a short guy. I was a short kid growing up. I could relate to being a little chicken. So I think that's definitely my least popular art opinion. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you think of classic Disney films, Chicken Little is not really top of people's list. But I also understand like the appeal of it and what it means to, to certain people and such. And for you, it just connected to you on a different level than most of the other people that probably watched it. Yes, definitely. Um, I, I admit it's very dated visually and, you know, but I, yeah, I, I definitely related to it. So I'm sticking to my guns on that one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about like dated material, let's talk about like the classics that some people will talk about as like their absolute favorite. And if you look at, again, how they film some aspects of it, a lot of people could easily tell that some of the stuff is dated in one aspect or another. I mean, I... <laughs> I, I, at the end of the day, inspiration can come from anywhere, and you know, connection can come from anywhere. If that's a film that you connect with, okay, who am I to judge? <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. No problem. But nevertheless, <laughs> the fact that you enjoy Chicken Little is that a hill that you're willing to die on? You know what? I think so. The, I think I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. Then, if that's the case. I can't think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Raglan. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. I am a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com for more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> 
He is a 3D animator that's worked with Jam City and Blue Sky, currently with Squatch Games. He is also a songwriter whose animated music videos are a sight to behold. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin Temmer! Hey! How you doing today, my good sir? I'm doing great. I mean, after an intro like that, <laughs> how can it not be great? <laughs> I, I try to make sure that I give my guests the credit that they deserve because some of the stuff that you've presented out into the world is something that is above and beyond sometimes. So right off the bat, <laughs> thank you for presenting that. But before we really divulge too much into what you have done, let's go back just a little bit. I want to know the origin stories of Kevin. What exactly got you interested in art and animation in the first place? Yeah, so... I mean, I've been into that stuff ever since I can remember. I, um, you know, growing up, I was into things like video games, Nintendo, Mario. I think that stuff really uh, got me into drawing and, yeah, and just watching, you know, the typical animated movies, you know, Disney, DreamWorks, Blue Sky, all of that. Just, you know, just being constantly surrounded with all that. I really knew from an early age that that's the kind of stuff I wanted to do. Chicken Little, you know, I'm sure there's... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You better believe it. (laughs) When did it for you go from just, like, a love and admiration for this kind of stuff to a passion potentially making it your career? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I... So, you know, when I was young, I would draw. And, you know, when I started seeing... when, When CG animated movies started coming out, I was really curious how they did it. And I was trying to look up software online and i found some 3d software and started fiddling around with that and okay you know as as i continued to do that my passion grew and grew until my parents eventually found an art school for me to go to and that really you know set that path for me to to get to my career nice that that's it's great to know that you that there was always kind of a love and like a foundation for that support more than anything else with that kind of stuff Yes, absolutely. It's I'm very lucky to found the thing I wanted to do pretty early on and for it to have been more or less consistent and also to have, you know, parents that supported me, you know, supported that dream and tried to help me out with it. So Oh, absolutely. I'm very grateful. Absolutely. I was going to say I for some of the f- I I made sure to do a good bit of my research. Was some of those first like programs and such, were those all the way back in 2006? Or is that whenever you were starting your college career? Yeah, like like I think as far back as 2006 or maybe a little later. But yeah, there was that era where I, yeah, I downloaded some weird 3D software that I don't even know if it exists anymore. But <laughs> I was just fiddling around with it, making 3D models of like Nintendo characters and stuff like that, just sort of trying to teach myself. And I think that did give me a, a jump start for sure. There you but, go. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that you were able to go out of your way to try to find that, I guess, spark more than anything else and finding some of the software. Because some people, it's, you know, it might seem like a heavy task for them to even fo- go that far with it, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you something. You know, I, I wasn't the kid that went outside a lot. I wasn't the kid that hung out with friends a lot. I, you know, every time I was in school, I couldn't wait to get home and just start making stuff. I was, you know, that sort of kid. So (laughs) I needed something to to fill my time and and, and keep me excited. So it sort of just worked out. (laughs) 
Hey, you know what? It's a good start, especially seeing where it's taking you at this point. Um, kind of sticking with that era for just a quick second. Would you say that like Nintendo was like the biggest inspiration for going forth with you know trying your hand at 3D animation and such? I would definitely say so. I mean, and it's funny too because for a while I thought I wanted to make video games. I thought that okay. was going to be a thing, and then I sort of switched to animation. But now I'm sort of in games again, so it's sort of been back and forth thing but yeah i would say nintendo was definitely a huge influence on me for sure there you go what exactly drew you to 3d animation in the first place if i may ask was it just how unique and diverse it was to 2d animation or just you know how appealing it was yeah i think so. i think i just i remember like seeing i think it was shrek and okay. just thinking just like wondering how did they do that what is or you know toy story and stuff like that like just like just being completely fascinated with it. I mean, my my parents introduced me to computers very early on too. So I was always fiddling around with things uh, like Microsoft Paint. And um, there was this uh, software uh, called Click and Play, which is like a drag and drop game creating software. Oh, there we go. So I, I would play around with a lot, that a lot. When I, I think um, one of my teachers at school actually introduced me to that program. So. You know, I, I'm very thankful for like the people and media in my life that just really introduced all of these great things to me and helped kind of spark me forward. There we go. I was gonna say, I know for for me at least, there was a version at my school that I was introduced to of like paint. It was like I don't know if it was like kids paint or it was like it was like basically a souped up version of paint. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about and such, but um. What was it? Like, you could do, like, all sorts of different effects. There's all sorts of different, like, paintbrushes and stuff that you could do. Um, one of the favorite things I remember is, like, you would, like, invert the image for a, whip for a second, and then it would be, like, a layer of that inverted image, and you would just hear, cool. Do you know what I'm talking about, or am I just talking mess right now? <laughs> I, I feel like I know about software like that, where it's, like, interactive painting software. I, I use, like, a program called Disney Magic Artist, which was kind of like that, where okay. it's, like, you're... You're painting things and things are animating and moving and, and there's sound effects and all that stuff just making it a lot more exciting than real software is yeah but... fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh goodness okay so uh, like we've established at this point you've definitely gotten some very strong roots when it came to this 3d career um and of course you got to what what college did you uh, attend if I, I forgot to see that what college did you attend <laughs> oh yeah i went to the ringling college of art and design nice it might be called ringling school of art and design now i'm not sure they're always changing the names but yeah it's back in sarasota florida how did that experience there kind of reinforce like 3d uh animation as a whole because i know for some people like taking that next next step to college it could discourage a lot of people. So how did it reinforce kind of your love and desire to go forth with this career? Yeah, well, I think it really solidified that this was a career choice, that there were jobs in this field. And I think once I really, once the teachers let me get behind the computer and start doing that stuff, I think, and I was able to tap into all the practice I did before getting there, I think I just really felt like this was what, I was meant to do and that, you know, something I really enjoyed and something I felt like I was really good at. I think just, and also being around all these other passionate artists and people who shared common interests with me, it kind of made me feel like, yeah, I think I do belong in this world of this, this kind of this artistic 
of world. There we go. There we go. I mean, as someone that has also gone to college, <laughs> it's one of those, <laughs> I, I could definitely tell, like, just being around, like, creative people as a whole definitely helps spark that inspiration, that love more than anything else. So I can only imagine, like, for you, especially for something that, you know, was so different and unique growing up for you, like, being around people that also love that different and unique thing, like, lit a fire higher than you ever seen before. Yes, Absolutely. There we go. What was the first like big opportunity for you, whether it be in college or outside of college, truly working with the field? Right. So um, I think it was my the summer between my um, junior year and senior year. I got to do an internship at Jib Jab. Okay. Um, they do you know like they used to do a bunch of greeting cards and they do like the story bots um, stuff like that. So yeah, I got that was like my first like true job even though it was an internship uh but my true job in the field so that was a big learning experience for me for sure i i can um, imagine <laughs> yeah yeah and then um i guess my true transition into the the field was my internship at blue sky studios yeah. which was after i graduated college and then that led to a, a full-time position over there for a while yeah, I can only imagine, like, especially you said that was like one of the studios that you used to watch the films of. And then here you are actually working with that studio. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty surreal. It was, it was pretty wild. How, how did that experience at Blue Sky, I'm not going to say like reinforce, but how like was working at Blue Sky almost like what you envisioned whenever you were going into this field? Or was it like a truly like different experience, like a whole different world you stepped into? There, there were things that were kind of like what I expected, but there were also things that were a lot different. I mean, it was, it was a very cool place with like all these really creative, great people. It was very, um, it was very intimidating because you know in college I sort of felt like a big fish in a small pond, but then you go into the real world and it's very extremely humbling because you're surrounded by all these super amazing talented people oh yeah and uh, i mean in college there were also amazing talented people i think it's just like there's this like concentration of just all these like you know like animators that have been working for forever you know there are people that were working there for like 10 to 15 years and here i was just coming fresh out of college so it was definitely intimidating for sure I mean, it was intimidating, but I mean, I assume Sir Fecti had a full-time position there. You adjusted, I guess, fairly well enough to, you know, work on some amazing stuff while you were there. I did have a lot of cool opportunities there. Um, it was still sort of a struggle, though, I will admit it. Okay. I think, and I think that that my struggle there helped me sort of, helped propel me to where I wanted to go next. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I, something about... You know, I, I think that I thrive more sort of creating my own things. I think I do struggle, you know, working on things with directors and stuff like that. It can okay. be sort of tricky. I, I think like, you know, I I like the idea of creating my own short films and stuff, right? And I think that's where I feel like I thrive the most. But it's hard to, to you know, make money off of that without having a day job on the side. So, right. so, but I think like being at Blue Sky helped me learn a lot and figure out about more about myself and like what I like and what I don't like and how, you know, I mean, the things that sort of 
make me tick as an artist. That's good. More than anything else, you know, once again, I hate to, you know, basically beat the dead horse at this point, but kind of reinforcing (laughs) that, that passion that you've always had this entire time and sort of helping make sure that it continues both personally and professionally more than anything else. Um, Exactly. Absolutely. And I think like being there led to other opportunities down the line where I could sort of exercise a little bit more creative freedom. And I think that like, that's what it kind of comes down to, you know, when working at like a big studio versus a smaller studio, there's like pros and cons to both. Cause you know, working at a big studio, you get to work on these really cool, huge, fantastic films. But sometimes it doesn't provide as much creative freedom because, you know, you have supervisors and directors and you have to fit their vision. Right. But I found that the places I've worked at after that have, they've been like smaller studios and they've given me, I felt like I've had a lot more creative freedom at those places to kind of just experiment a little bit more. And so I think that's something that that did come as a surprise to me because when I was in college, I was convinced like, oh, I need to work at a big studio. It has to be Disney or Blue Sky or I'm not going to be happy. And I think finally experiencing it was such a huge learning experience for me because I realized, no, I don't necessarily need that to be happy. I think that there are other environments that i might be able to thrive in better well there you go i mean i and you can correct me if i'm wrong if i'm wrong but i imagine one of the places that you got to really flex a little bit of creative freedom is what was it jam city that i've been seeing about a little bit <laughs> yes yes that was a really fun experience because um you know I, I was hired as an animator but i also was given the opportunity to write a few songs for them yeah and so you know because it's such a smaller studio there, there's more open opportunities to contribute ideas in different ways and that's something i really enjoyed with that now i'm glad you touched upon the songwriting you're writing songs and such because that's another aspect that i wanted to to ask about uh w- w- Along with the love for animation, was there always a love for songwriting as well? Like, how did that sort of develop to be? (laughs) Yes, so that also has been something that I have loved for a long time. I'd say even since I was a kid. Um, A kid growing up, uh, you know, my my parents, especially my mom, introduced me to a lot of Broadway musicals growing up. So they have a lot of (laughs) education with that. Uh, And also, I grew up loving... um, Weird Al and all his song parodies, and that encouraged me to like write a bunch of song parodies when I was a kid. Some of them pretty terrible, but you know, just training steps to get to you know a later place in life. Everybody's got to start somewhere, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no, no one could be like weird. I mean, even that Weird Al had to like start from somewhere before he got that appearance with another one rides the bus. I mean. Exactly. I'm glad that you know that that was his first appearance. Good on you. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of Weird Al. I'm aware of a lot of facts of him, so there you go. <laughs> we are two peas in the same pod when it comes to that master of just hilarity, yes. if nothing else. <laughs> He's great. Is he? I just got to ask, he would be like a dream. I can imagine for, for me, I'd love to have him on the podcast. For you, I imagine that'd be a dream just to work with him at some aspect. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I... I <laughs> I remember trying to when I when I was at Jib Jab, they had him on for a, a, for, for Storybots, and I was oh, like, wow. "Oh my gosh, can I?" I wanted to see if I could somehow meet him or like <laughs> ask him to 
being a voice in my senior film, but <laughs> unfortunately that did not work out. I was a little bold there, but you know. <laughs> You'd be surprised what happens when people try to go bold. I mean, it was at least worth a shot more than anything else. And hey, he's still doing stuff here and there. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, especially with the stuff that you've been putting out there, you'll definitely get an opportunity more than anything else. <laughs> Um, well, thank you. You're so big. <laughs> before we really divulge into that, I do want to ask now recently, at least, you know, again, based on your profile and such, you're currently working at Squatch Games, which if correct me if I'm wrong, that's the studio that Justin Roiland runs, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How did that opportunity come to you and how has it been working in that sort of environment? Yeah, so I've kind of reached out to Justin years ago this is like even before rick and morty right i just sent him i sent him some of my stuff and he's pretty impressed and just so over the years i've just kind of every once in a while i would like reach out send him hit my stuff and sometimes he would be like hey we're looking for work do you want to try to apply to this job here and so i think this nice. is like my third second or third try like <laughs> getting into sponge games and it finally worked out you know sometimes life is like that but um yeah, it's been a pretty cool opportunity so far. I, I imagine with that studio being a smaller studio, nevertheless, like I imagine the experience there must be, I'm not going to say entirely laid back, but something more along what you're looking for when it comes to the professional aspect of this career. Yes, I, I definitely have found a lot of creative freedom here. So I think that there's definitely a good a good choice to kind of go with this place. There we go. There we go. And speaking of creative freedom, let's go to basically the meat and potatoes of why I wanted you here in the first place. And that is some of the incredible like music videos and short animated films that you've produced on your own behalf and such. I just got to ask right off the bat, where are, where do you get some of these ideas for any of these videos that you have? (laughs) Yeah. So I know as cliche as this sounds, a lot of these ideas just come from my life, just the the thoughts that are going through my head, the experiences. I mean, definitely like the the pandemic has definitely inspired a lot of interesting uh, thought experiments in my head. And that's putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, very lightly. <laughs> I mean, whenever you have an entire like video dedicated to the sun, asking where is everyone, that that's a you know, that's a good inspiration more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it might have been a little on the nose, but I think it got the point across. Absolutely, I was gonna say <laughs> it, it, it was the pandemic a major one for what's the matter, Martha? Just in general? Oh, absolutely. That I mean, that is like kind of just like a a commentary on just I guess my whole experience just like like having a career and just but also like yeah the pandemic and just sort of like being very frustrated with the status quo and feeling trapped in it and like maybe people people trying to help you out but not necessarily knowing how but right. still trying to be there for you and um yeah and just sort of the you know a lot of people so many people ask me so what is the matter with her and i kind of liked leaving it open-ended because i mean you know first of all i can like that means more people can relate to it but also a lot of these problems don't always have immediate answers you know i I think like life often feels like you're sort of in this endless loop trying to find an answer and then sometimes you don't find it exactly when you think you're going to find it sometimes you have to go through 
a lot of the same old, same old before you get to a point in your life where you can transition to something better or just different. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, like a rough estimate, we can use what's the matter, Martha, as maybe like the basis from it. But how long does it take to you to go from idea to finished product when it comes to a film like this or a short like this? Yeah, sure. So with so a lot of my shorter videos I do pretty quickly. Like I often do those like in a weekend or something. But for something like Martha, that took me a month. Yeah, to do. I, I can imagine with all the different props and all the different faces that you had to animate and such. Yeah, exactly. It was it was definitely a labor of love. Um, there were many times that I wanted to quit where I just like I can't. I can't do this anymore. I mean, it was like really working hard, like every single day. <laughs> I I can only imagine. And like I said, with that one, that's the one that like really blew up compared to a lot of some of your other uh, shorts that you've done whatsoever. Are you amazed with kind of the reaction people had instantly connecting with what's the matter, Martha? I was, I was surprised. I really like, with art in general, I'm sure a lot of people know this. It's like, you never really know how people are going to react to what you put out there. It's like, it doesn't, it often doesn't matter how much effort you put, you know, there's so many things that put a lot of effort into that people just didn't really care about. And sometimes it's just about striking the right chord, the right amount of uh, relatability, the, 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 the song that's catchy enough, the animation that supports that song in the right way. There's so many factors that, go into it but i was very a uh, very delightfully uh, surprised i i i was very happy about you know how that did and i think it really helped sort of uh, get my name out there a bit i mean i mean it it certainly has if i do say so myself it's one of those that, that was the <laughs> one that like drew me to your stuff in the first place more than anything else but i mean like even then like the stuff that you've either had in the back catalog or the stuff that you've pushed out there since then that I cannot get enough of the the bad thoughts one the uh, the Halloween skeleton <laughs> one that's unfinished but the little bit of animation that's there oh my god that is so gorgeous more than anything else um, I was Thank gonna you. the the snow and heat miser uh, animations I love those because I remember the the original like claymation yeah you know, or stop motion films or whatnot and to see that recreated like so fluidly like I think you did a wonderful job with that more than anything else um, out of <laughs> out of all of the the short films that you've done what has been like the biggest obstacle when making one of these films Oof, that is a good question i think um i mean with martha i feel like there were so many obstacles like sometimes just staying motivated i guess like i'm my own worst obstacle sometimes um i think also uh sometimes a lot of technical difficulties yeah um my uh my Chris, I did a Christmas short with all these like talking presents, and um, I did that all in one file, which I think in hindsight might have been a huge mistake because sometimes it would take so long to open the file that I just like it, it was ridiculous like maybe right. five to ten minutes just open the file, and I mean, there would always be glitches and stuff. I have a very like chaotic way of working, it's very just like guerrilla warfare, guerrilla animating. I don't know, it's like. It's just sort of like sometimes I just go into this sort of like I'm in this sort of trance or sort of zone where I'm just like moving forward without trying to think too much and just sort of like trying to force something to get it to work and not always not always planning ahead as much as I should, but just sort of like 
jumping in there and figuring it out as I go along. And, you know, sometimes it works out really well, but a lot of times it can lead to a lot of disaster before I get it to how I want it to be. You know, fair enough. I mean, it, it's certainly a process more than anything else and whatever, you know, gets the job done at the end of the day, it's worth at least experimenting with it. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> now on the flip side, what's been the most fun aspect about making these own, making these videos of yours? Yeah, I think, um, I think seeing it finished is very rewarding. See, seeing all the pieces coming together, you know, I, I like the, the songwriting part is definitely the fun. I think the most fun part for me and like, like taking the, the, the low quality uh, demo I record on my phone and taking it to the computer and like polishing it and just like, I really enjoy that part. Kind of like making it sound all fancy. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's like, there's a lot of aspects that are fun. A lot of aspects that are frustrating. It's just a bunch of like back and forth, but that's, that's the process, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's like I said, especially when it produces the results that you've been producing out there just time and time again, like goodness, man, I can only imagine, <laughs> I can only imagine how much of a labor of love this entire process is at the end of the day for you. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, something I'm very passionate about, something I, I feel like when I'm not motivated by other things in life, the, these side projects are here for me to sort of make me feel productive and useful and sort of just allow me to, to put a piece of myself out there and sort of, it, it does, it does feel like, like a, having a conversation with, you know, the, Twitter or YouTube or whatever, just sort of putting your art out there and seeing how people respond to it, seeing what they think about it. It's just, it feels like a very interactive sort of thing. And it's been very therapeutic for me, especially during this pandemic. You know, I've been living alone in a tiny apartment for a while now. And, you know, I, I feel like this sort of filled a void. I'm just, just finding some way to connect with people during this insane time that we're all living in right now oh absolutely and i was gonna say like talking about all these like you know the the different aspects of the world that can sometimes like collide on you at times especially being able to basically express yourself how you truly feel and basically bear your soul out to with some of these songs whether how serious or how goofy they can be are the these shorts that you make and like these characters that you've developed and such, are they more or less like a comfort for you to like s express yourself, like truly like let how your mental is out there to the world? Yes, I'd say 100%. And I mean, I've had the occasional people be like, Kevin, are you okay? <laughs> and you know, sometimes I don't know how to answer that, but I mean, just watch the video decide for yourself. But no, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's exaggerated to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm goofing around about it. And but there is definitely a lot of, there's, de I'd say there's definitely a truth to most of the videos I post. It's definitely coming from some sort of mental state I'm in. And I, I think it is therapeutic to, to put that out there and to know that people relate to it. I mean, I guess it makes me feel a little less alone in that mental state that other people are feeling the same. There we go. People were probably asking that question whenever that moon rap came out. Cause that thing was very, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That one might be more far removed from my mental state <laughs> and more just 
letting my chaos demons come out. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a desire to destroy all of life in the universe. If anyone is concerned about that, I'm <laughs> not yet. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, now I imagine that obviously you have like a lot of stuff that's probably still being developed as one of them being some of them being built up I imagine the biggest one and the one that you tease about on and on again that I definitely want to know more about is the employers <laughs> from outer space oh god yeah so <laughs> that one has definitely been on and off the shelf for so many times like I, I can't I'm not comfortable saying that it's in development right now because I just constantly like put it on the shelf, take it off the shelf, work a little bit on it, then put it back on the shelf. <laughs> I mean, in that case, you could just say it's just in development. That's how a lot of, like, the extended projects are on the on and off the shelves. Sure. That, that's what they're sure. described as, right? <laughs> I mean, what was that? I believe that was the process of Duke Nukem Forever or something like that. So I, th I think you're on the right track. Hopefully a lot, 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 lot better than that game. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I, like what little teases you have presented out there and such like it looks like to be just something else more than anything else how did how did that concept come to you in the first place like was it just you know uh, on a random whim or something like that or that it's funny that was a very direct inspiration i saw the movie um have you ever seen the movie sorry to bother you yes i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yeah so the way that that now, of course, there's a lot of commentary in there, like, you know, racial commentary and stuff like that. Uh, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was, like, the commentary on corporate culture. And there was, like, a scene where uh, someone was, like, talking about how, like, oh, we're, remember, we're not just a company. We're your family. And how no one was buying that. And that really, that really stuck with me. And it was, it was a time where... Um, I was also, I think that was when I was unemployed after Blue Sky, and I was feeling that I was trying to apply to a lot of places, and I kept getting things like, oh, we want you, but we don't have a position ready yet, or can we put you on a hold? Can we reserve your spot? So all these, like, promises and no delivery. So I was starting to get really frustrated with just, like, careers in general, and so that plus seeing that movie just sort of, spark this idea in me and i'm really into uh aliens and, and sci-fi and space like that my dad is also really into aliens and inspired me with that and so just combining all these different elements i just thought it would be a fun idea where it's like these space aliens represent because like w when you graduate college and then you go into the real world it really is like sort of going to another planet just going into outer space everything oh, is yeah. so different you you learn i'm sure you can learn about outer space but you never really know exactly how it feels until you're there and experiencing it not that i've been outer space but i assume it's <laughs> not yet anyway no <laughs> <laughs> uh no i again it's one of those like i said what little we have seen of it and again the the songs more than anything else like the the fact that you definitely got like a good sense of a musical more than anything else i know it's kind of obvious considering how you were raised more than anything else but like <laughs> the the kind of the fun and humor that this looks to be whenever you do get the opportunity to finally like make a reality like it's something that i'm certainly gonna be hotly anticipating more than anything else and also if you need a, a voice actor for one of the potential 
employees and such, I, I'm more than happy to lend my voice. I don't know how good I am with singing, but I can lend my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to send over an audition because I might, yeah, I might need voices. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I am more than happy to. Now, obviously, you know, oh, I've, I also forgot to ask this. Like, obviously, I jokingly that one might be the one that's probably taken the most time but out of all the films that you've made so far which one has taken the most time and dedication to go from idea to reality um i'd say probably martha okay i think yeah that one was yeah that was just like so much work yeah it was like the, the the i mean the martha character i didn't have to read completely from scratch because i sort of used a previous character i made and modified okay. it but i had to create all these characters and um you know write the song and everything and there were so many different settings it was like every every cut was like a different background so i had a uh, you know, like the the Christmas one was also very difficult, but I yeah. I made sure to try and make it easier for me using very simple characters and just one background. Um, but though I think those two were definitely um, some of the most difficult and time consuming and taking the most time. They both took like pretty much exactly a month. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair enough more than anything else. Is there a character or is there like a, a song or even just like a, a short that you'd love to expand on more like get an opportunity to use again in some aspect or another i would love to like expand the martha thing into a show or something or okay. pitch it somewhere um i think that'd be a lot of fun i also i've been meaning to try to do more with the sun and moon and kind of i think they'd make a, a fun duo for some sort of a, a show or something <laughs> Just just have them doing like just a random like five minute podcast or something like that. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Just like the just like the sun trying to do like all these sunshine, like, you know, it's wonderful to see the world, especially now that people are starting to get the opportunity to. And then the moon just comes in. That's wonderful for the demise that's eventually happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, for for many people that uh, might be curious, how would like obviously you had a different path than probably a lot of other people when it comes to creating three D animations, whether it be professionally or personally. For someone that might be curious on going down that path themselves, what would be a recommendation that you would give to them to help, like, to help them grow and see if that's potentially what they want to do. Yeah, so I'd say any ways that you can find to practice. I mean, I, you know, there's there's software out there. There's Blender, which is free software. I don't know how to use it, but I know a lot of people use it, and it seems right. really like really cool software. So I'd say just find your way to to utilize the resources that are out there and just start practicing as soon as you can, and then see if it's something that you think you'd enjoy doing with your life, and just you know, test the waters. Um, and, you know, I, my path was art school, but that definitely is not the only path there. You can take individual classes. You can, there's so many resources out there. So I definitely oh, yeah. suggest looking at all of your options before making a decision, because, you know, it's like, I'm, I, I, I'm in debt now. I have a lot of student loans. Um, I even wrote a song about it. That's yep. how bad it is. But I, I saw that. I, yeah. I saw that one. I relate to that a little too much. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's like, I, yeah, just sort of, you know, there's so it's such a great time to be alive. Now, well, besides, you know, all the problems going on in the world, but in terms of art, <laughs> very 
there's so much available to people right now. It's so easy to, to, to find things out there. You just have to, you know, search it online. So I think just really looking out there and seeing what's out there and taking advantage of it and just, just going down that path and seeing if it, if it's something you're passionate about. Well, there we go. Well, there we go. Well, speaking of that passion, I want to see if I could ignite that flame just a little bit higher for you if it's not already high enough with the stuff that you're definitely creating and such. <laughs> and I want to present to you the dream project. Let's say I'm big shot, Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you and I'm like, look, <laughs> Kevin, there's no denying that what you're doing is absolutely outstanding and we want to see what more you can do. I have access to anyone and everyone in the industry, and I have more money than there should be even possible in the world. Jesus Christ, who gave me this money? Um, if given that opportunity, what would be the dream Kevin project? Yeah, so I guess I'd say either either a Broadway musical or or an animated TV series, which would probably also involve music to some extent. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to pitch uh, a show, um, and I do hope to do that someday. I just got to sort of find an idea that I have faith in and just sort of do the work. You know, I have so many unfinished ideas and projects that are just sort of sitting around, and I'm hoping maybe at some point I'll finally take one to the next level. Well, there you go. I, I certainly hope you get that opportunity more than anything else. You got, you certainly got a plethora to just go off of, but then again, you know, <laughs> what's in the past is in the past. And you can always look to the future to many different ideas that are randomly just lying around somewhere. Um, <laughs> but sadly we have to come down from the dream scenario a little bit. We got to get back to reality and I'll just ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself say five to 10 years from now? Ooh. Ain't that the question? Yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been like trying with this YouTube channel, trying to see if I could like make it a full time thing, but it's very, it's very hard to like consistently be secure with that sort of a thing. And right. I think realistically, I think it would be something where I'm still doing some day job involving hopefully it's still animation and things that I like, mm -hmm. but also being able to uh, do my own creative things on the side. So I think that's kind of my realistic hope. And then maybe a slightly le less realistic hope is maybe doing YouTube full time or just having some sort of a job where I'm sort of more my own boss, um, creating my own things, but I'm not really sure, you know, I, I um, th this, the job I'm currently at has been a cool opportunity and maybe that could, lead to other things within that but I'm, i i guess i'm sort of trying to keep an open mind because it's like you never really know i mean if anything this these past two years have shown his life is very unpredictable and you can make plans and sometimes those plans just do not go the way you'd hoped and you just you have to adapt and try to figure out a way around that and figure out a way to thrive you're preaching to the choir at this point. Trust me. I, I, yeah, no joke. But I mean, nevertheless, like I, I think more or less that's a good, you know, short term future to look forward to more than anything else. So I, I certainly hope you get those opportunities more than anything else. Um, as we're winding down this interview, I just got one last question that I want to ask. Obviously, like you're deeply rooted and deeply entrenched when it comes to art and animation, something that you've had since you were young as we've, described in this podcast 
how important is art not just for you but for the world as a whole oh man i mean i might be a little biased but i think that art is very very important i think that the way we portray ideas and people in media can you know affect society can affect how people see that you know I, I think like that it's so important especially now to like portray people and, and things and that sounds so generic but just in a positive way in a way that's not harmful because i think it really does affect people i think the way people watch movies and films and, and tv and it plants ideas in their minds and you know so i i think that we do artists do have a big influence maybe more so than people care to admit but i really do think it's such a integral part of society it because it not only reflects how who we are as a society but can also affect society this is sort of like this sort of loop thing going on and so yeah i would say and, and i feel like art you know is everywhere like you're using an app that's art you're you're going to a movie that's art i mean even like you're driving on the road street signs are technically art so it's like you know everywhere it's like it really is everywhere and i feel like a lot of time artists probably aren't as respected as they should be i know there was like a um there's a chart somewhere where it was showing like essential workers and like artists were in there and a lot of people were mad about that. But, um, you know, granted there are a lot of other jobs that are, that are super important right, right. now. Like, right. and, and you know, I, I, I respect those people a lot, you know, the essential workers that have been keeping us all alive and have not been respected nearly enough, you know, like delivery people and people making food and doctors and, and all that. But I'm rambling, you know, <laughs> Hey, as a podcast, you're, I highly encourage you ramble. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> but, but that is wonderfully worded. If I do say so myself, I do want to say what's funny is that chart that you're talking about, like most essential and least essential workers, stuff like that. That was also just recently brought up for this little part as well with uh, a previous guest I had the David De Pasquale. He was like, he was, he was talking about that. And he's like, well, what did the artist that had to do that? Think about having to make that. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's oh my god. To which I just simply <laughs> responded, "That was a paycheck for them." Let's be honest. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> but with that, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I've already showered you with a bunch of praise, but I'm gonna shower you with more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, <laughs> but. Like I said before, Kevin, I was first introduced to yourself with What's the Matter, Martha, and I think you can easily attest that it probably related to a lot of people, myself included, probably a lot more than even you anticipated in the first place. Um, <laughs> I, again, I could be wrong, but you know, since I first saw that, seeing the stuff that you've been able to consistently produce, it amazes me more than anything else that you've had this like that you've been able to produce like this high quality stuff every single time you post something new. And whether it be something as silly as Vision in the White Void, a, a cheap puppet knockoff, or something as, you know, outstanding as, you know, again, you know, what was it? Where's our wonderful? I had it and I lost it. It happens to be more often than not. <laughs> but something as outstanding as, like, something that's outstanding and relatable, like, you know, the sun seeing that there's no one else left on Earth at the moment because of everything that's kind of going on. 
the the fact that you've been able to keep producing this kind of high level stuff every single instant and the fact that you're basically doing it on your own is a testament on its own um i I truly appreciate the fact that you're willing to put in the time and effort to to let us know a little bit more about you more than anything else at the end of the day and you know i'm one of thousands at this point hopefully one of millions one day that'll be rooting for you every single step of the way with whatever you do next because we all know what you're going to be producing is going to be great one aspect for another so thank you for what you do (laughs) Thank you for dedicating yourself to this kind of stuff. And thank you for your time more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And if I could add one note to that, I I would like to say that um, I feel like, you know, when you're, when you're passionate about something, it's like, you don't have a choice. I, I, I know it sounds a little like cliche and overdramatic, but like, I feel like I didn't have a choice when I made those things. I like, had to make them it's like my survival it's like it's how i got through all of this and i think that's sort of like how you know you really love doing something when it's like you're not choosing to do it you you have to it's just, just it's how you you live it's how you exist well more than anything else i'm glad to see that you're still surviving and thriving more than anything else so thank <laughs> you now for people who may not already know for one reason or another go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, um, you can find me on Twitter. Just search Kevin Temmer. Um, I've got a YouTube channel, Kevin Temmer Tunes, where I post all my songs and stuff. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Pretty short plug. Why not? <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, if you missed anything, I'll be sure to, to put it in the description below and all that stuff. Um, do you have any final words before we sign off? Oh, man, I should have saved the, that note for the final <laughs> word. It would have been awesome. It would have been like, whoa, man, leave me with that in your head. Uh, no, I think um, I think just going back to that, it's like, yeah, I feel like just keep trying to find that thing in, in life that you love. Sometimes it's not going to be the thing that you're paid to do. And I think that's okay. And sometimes it, it's going to be really hard to find time to do that thing you love but if if you can find some way to sprinkle it in in your life even just a little bit i feel like that's so important to just find something in your life that that gives you purpose and that makes you feel like you're adding a little something even if it's just like a dumb puppet singing about being trapped in a white void just anything (laughs) just try to find a way to be happy in this crazy crazy world (laughs) I was going to say more than anything else, that's kind of a testament when it comes to this podcast in the first place more than anything else because a lot of these artists that I bring on, they're not doing it because they really have to. They're not producing stuff they are because they have to. It's one of those like they have more or less a need to because it's like it's part of them. They, yes. wanna, they, they need to let themselves out there more than anything else. And I think you more than anything else, just kind of put this entire podcast into a nice little box. So thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, mi amigos. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.
So I am totally stealing this from Stranger Than Christian. You know, it's a podcast I absolutely love. But then again, he already said on his podcast he's fine with me taking inspiration from him. Nevertheless, I wanted to include this as the end of the podcast to kind of give a little bit more of myself. I don't know if this will be at the end of every single podcast. I might. All I know is I at least wanted to include this one is because when this episode comes out tomorrow. So this episode is coming out September 16th. The following day, September 17th, would be exactly one year since I released the pilot episode with good friend Salvador Salcedo. And I am honestly proud of myself more than anything else. I'll be honest, there there are times where this podcast really gets infuriating. Not infuriating. Because I've had a blast with this podcast. It just... It, it sometimes feels like I'm just pushing stuff out at times. But at the end of the day... If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't put the episode out. And just about every single guest I've had on this podcast, I've absolutely loved. And I honestly wish I had more than just you know our little interview to talk with them. And I have with some. I have with some. But... With that in mind, the fact that I've been able to do this more or less consistently for a full year is something that I am proud of more than anything else. Because I don't know if I've had that much dedication to something since college. And I saw how that ended. Something I need to get back to. I can already hear mom (laughs) tell me I need to focus on it again. Which I will. That's something uh, that's a a 2022 goal. I just want to say that for you guys, I would be excited for next week's episode because it says I have something very special planned for the one-year anniversary. Something that's a celebration of the past year alone. It's something that I hope to make a tradition with every like major milestone. Because this should be a milestone. There's all sorts of statistics out there that say that some podcasts, most podcasts, don't make it past like 7 or 10 episodes. So the fact that I'm about to hit 50, be able to, to do this thing consistently for a full year, that's, that's an achievement on its own. But that is also a testament to the guests that I bring on and the people that have supported me from day one. Not even day one, the people that have shown strong support like you guys. I have said before that the the viewership is not top priority. I know that not everyone is going to want to dedicate at least an hour of their time listening about some artists because there's some that people aren't aware of, and I get that. But the fact that there's still a strong fan base at this point to where I'm getting close to 250 subscribers on YouTube and I consistently get anywhere between 20 to 50 views on YouTube and at least 20 on streaming platforms it it's furthermore uh, wow words are wonderful <laughs> even whenever I'm trying to do something sentimental I screw up my words I'm leaving this in the fact that I've been able to have people consistently show love and support whether it's people I personally know or people that rarely talk to me is a testament to this podcast, and I want to thank each and every single one of you for being a part of this first year. 
if this is what I've been able to do for just a single year, just thinking back of all the incredible guests that I've had, people that have worked on projects that I cannot get enough of, people that have made incredible music that I listen to just about every single day, you know, talking to people that basically helped shape my childhood. If that's what I've been able to do in year one, then I'd love to see how this could potentially pick up and continue with, you know, two, three, five, ten years, so on and so forth. Like, I want to make this thing more than just a one-year thing. I want to make this thing more than just, you know, a silly little, you know, side project. I want to eventually make this something special. And I thank each and every one of you guys for being with me on this ride so far. But it's not slowing down anytime soon. That is for sure. And it is definitely going to be emphasized within the next week's episode. But until then, I want you guys to do me a little favor. If you love the podcast, tell me your favorite part or tell me your favorite moments. Whether it be on Twitter, whether it be in the comments of the YouTube video, you know... However you can express it to the world, I want to know what you guys enjoy about this podcast. Because what's going to help me make sure that it grows more is to make sure that I emphasize what you guys love and I try to incorporate that in more moments, more opportunities. So if you need like a hashtag, do the, what is it, hashtag PMAP anniversary or something like that. If that's how you're going to get my attention, that's fine. You can just straight up tag me. I know there's... You know, at least gonna be a few good replies. But I want to know what you guys love so far because personally, I've loved just about every single moment that I have. But I've also been involved with every single moment that's gone on. So, what I like and what you guys like might be different. And I just want to know what you guys love and appreciate because, again, it will help this podcast grow more than anything else. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful day or night or whatever part of the day you're having and if nothing else go out there and create something amazing you'd be surprised how many people will love and support you i certainly will that's a promise